Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hey there, it's Christy Lee here. Welcome to episode number 144 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Great to have you here today. Welcome to this week's episode. Today we're having a little bit of a follow-on from last week's episode um, because I I kind of noticed something after recording last week's episode. So in last week's episode, episode number 143 of the podcast, we spoke about the magic number of direct reports that any one position can manage. And I'm going to unpack that again in a moment. But what I realized throughout the week after recording that episode, and it was really interesting because it's an episode that I had wanted to record for a long time. It's a pain point that I often work with businesses on. And so it was something that's sort of been in the back of my mind for quite some time. But almost immediately, all of these signs kept showing up in the work that I was doing and the people I was chatting to that sort of said, yeah, I get it. I understand that I shouldn't have this many people reporting to me, but how do I let go of it all or any of it? (laughs) So today we're talking about learning to let go because it's all well and good to know that we shouldn't be doing all of this or that someone else on our team shouldn't be doing all of this, but yet the reality of letting go seems a little more challenging. And I've noticed this not only with business owners in the last week, but also with leaders within small business struggling to let go and keeping too much on their plate. And this may even be an episode I'm recording to give myself a little bit of advice (laughs) because I find myself in this cycle sometimes as well. I'm certainly not immune to this challenge. So today I want to chat about why we must let go of things in order for our businesses to grow in order for for us to develop our teams and our people, and in order to save our own sanity, (laughs) because that's really important, especially at this time of year, right? I don't know about you, but there's a lot going on. I want to also just unpack a little bit about why we're often not very good at letting go. In fact, some people are really terrible at it. But there's some reasons and there's some signs to watch out for. And then I want to share with you some success strategies, some things you can do to help you successfully let go of things. So how does that sound? Are you ready to dive in? Awesome. So why is letting go of things? And and when I say letting go, I don't mean dropping the ball. I mean, effectively delegating things off our plate onto someone else's. Why is it so important for our business growth, our team's development, and for our own mental health and sanity. So as we spoke about last week, and I just want to unpack this again, if you haven't already listened to last week's episode, especially if you are someone that feels like you're spending all of your days managing people right now, I highly encourage you to go back and have a listen to episode 143. But at the high level, what we spoke about is this magic number determined by research and a lot of data 
about how many direct reports any one role can handle. So how many people can you have reporting into you for it to work effectively? And the magic number that they suggest and that we've found is seven plus or minus two. So five to nine is kind of where the sweet spot sits. And I see this play out really often in the growing small businesses I work with. Seven is a pain point. And as I spoke to a a client, actually one of our people powered HR members in the last week, 11 is another weird pain point that I see as well. 11 staff and we seem to start to hit some issues. So what we mean when we say seven plus or minus two is it really can depend on the complexity of the work, how repetitive the work is how much leadership skills you have, how much skill and experience in the role the people have, and a whole range of other things which we unpacked last week. But those are the things that determine really how many direct reports any role can have. So the examples we used last week were, let's think about a call centre where the staff are all answering the exact same calls, they're answering in the exact same way, it's very repetitive, it's very consistent. In that scenario, a team leader can absolutely look after well more than seven people. And I would suggest sometimes even more than nine if it's super repetitive. So the numbers are much higher if the work is repetitive and simple and systemized and processed. But if you've got a team of consultants doing maybe legal consulting work or communications consulting work and everything is bespoke and unique and the challenges are different. There's no sort of repetitiveness about it. The numbers are far smaller. It might be only two or three people that any one person can effectively manage. But that sweet spot often sits around three to five for those kind of businesses. So there's all these factors that play into how many people are too many. And I was on a phone call this week, Zoom call actually, with one of our members of People Powered HR. And they were sharing with me that their business has grown in the last 12 months. Last time we caught up, they had two or three direct reports. They now have 10. And I shared with them that they need to be prepared for the fact that one of the next hires they're going to make, or one of the changes they may make to their existing team, is that someone else is going to start to take over some of the day-to-day leadership and management of some of these people. And the look on their face was really interesting to me. They were shocked. They kind of gave me that look like, what are you talking about? I don't think that's going to happen. And yet I said to them, but the reality is you can't keep doing this. And I know that they're stretched because they emailed me at close to midnight to book the appointment. (laughs) So this person is spending all their days managing people and they're struggling to fit all of their technical work in. They're also looking after way too much of the business and aren't outsourcing enough. And it is starting to impact them. They're exhausted. They're burnt out. And I've seen this play out with many, many other clients in the last few weeks, actually. But also their business has got to the point where it's not going to continue to grow because this person has no more capacity. They are absolutely stretched. So although they have visions to continue to grow this business, it's not going to happen and it's certainly not going to happen effectively until they let go and they are no longer the person managing all the people and managing all the things. And this is the business owner with all the plates spinning and them doing all of it right now. And that's going to have to change in order for the business to grow. 
The other thing that needs to play into this is that if we don't let go of things, we do not develop our team. And that's risky because if we are not developing our team and our people in our business, they'll go elsewhere for the development that they're going to seek. And I saw this play out with a business in the last few weeks where we've got one of the team's uh, one of the head leaders in the in the business, it's not the business owner, it is a senior manager, absolutely frantically burnt out, but holding on to too much because it can be really challenging to let go when we're so busy. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But what's happening, we've, we've got people working in under this manager who their development is getting stifled because there's not a system of delegation and of training and development. And and this person doesn't have the capacity right now to do the training and development, which is part of the battle, but it's stopping the team from developing their skills because they're not getting the opportunities to try and maybe fail. So it's, it's holding them back. And finally, if we are holding on to too much, it is not good for us. You simply cannot pour from an empty cup. And I'll tell you this, I had to learn that lesson the hard way myself. And I've shared this on the podcast before. I am inclined, like many entrepreneurs, to think that I can manage it all. (laughs) I don't know whether that sounds familiar to you. I'm going to share with you why we are so bad at this in a moment. And I had to learn the hard way that I actually couldn't manage at all and that I had hit a pretty bad state of burnout and it took one of my very brave but uh, very empathetic team members and, and still one of my greatest friends to tap me on the shoulder when I had my large consulting practice and say, you don't have this under control and you need to let us step in here. And I I had hit burnout and and it was impacting me personally. It was impacting how I was showing up as a leader. I couldn't see it. I was too far in the weeds, but they could. And you cannot support your team to the fullest and be a great leader and a great manager and run your business as well as you want to if you're exhausted and you're burnt out and you're doing too many things. I know we all think we can, but the reality is there comes a breaking point and you don't want to hit that. You want to get this sorted before that. So it's important for all of these reasons that we learn to let go of things. We want to grow greater team members. And with the war on talent the way it is right now, developing internally is a really smart move because finding experienced people in almost any industry is hard work right now. But why on earth... Are we all so bad at this? (laughs) Entrepreneurial types, you and I, we can be control freaks. Anyone nodding their head at that? Or maybe just thinking, "Uh uh-oh, she's called me out on that. I'm just saying, we are. We can be control freaks. It's really hard for us to let go of things. Maybe because we're perfectionists. Maybe because we think we wear this whole busyness thing with pride We think we can do more than others. Sometimes it's quicker if we do it ourselves, and it is, but that doesn't mean that it's right to do it ourselves. So we tend to hold on to things. Maybe we've tried to let go of things in the past and it didn't work because what I see happen so, so often, and I've seen this play out so many times in the last few weeks, it's like a massive warning sign flashing me in the face, is things get lost in translation. I've seen leaders in the last few weeks think they have been a 
abundantly clear with their direction to their team and their team come to me and say, I got zero direction. They didn't give me any scope. So things are getting lost in translation and it happens because we think we're being clear because it's clear in our mind, but we're not taking the time to communicate it clearly. And when that happens, things fall apart. We have to take it back. And then we think, oh, see, I'm better off just doing it all myself. But it's not the case. It's because we haven't communicated it well. Sometimes the issue is we're not good at delegating because we haven't learnt to delegate. (laughs) Delegation is actually something that we have to work on. It's a skill. There's a bit of an art to it. So we do have to learn how to do it. It doesn't come intuitively or naturally to a lot of people. So we do have to to learn that skill as a leader and a manager, and we have to refine that skill. We won't get it right the first time. That's totally okay. And like I said earlier, the manager that I'm working with at the moment, when we get busy and busier, our natural default tendency, our instinct is to hold on tighter. Think about a time when you have been under the pump, when everything was just getting thrown at you. We have a tendency to just hold on tighter because we can't get the space and the clarity to figure out how to delegate next. And I'll share with you that I've found myself in this very situation very, very recently. In fact, I recently organized a meeting with my own VA, who's part of my team, because I knew I needed to move more stuff to her. But I got on the call and I just said to her, I organized the call because I know I need to move stuff to you. I can't keep doing this, but I don't know what that looks like because I can't get the clarity. And I'm going to share with you a success success strategy here and I work through in a moment. But um, it was, I was in that overwhelmed stage where I just couldn't see the clarity to say, I can take this chunk and move it to her pile of things to do. So when we get busy and we hold on tighter, we also lack the clarity we need to make the decisions. And it happens to all of us, even me. I know better. I know so much better than that. Sometimes we're bad at it because we're not very good at trusting people. And that's a tricky, that's a slippery slope. We've really got to build the trust with our team. And maybe, just maybe, we haven't yet figured out that it's possible that someone else can do this for us. One of the clients I was speaking to in the last week was telling me that they were still doing their own payroll and bookkeeping and they've got more than 10 people on their team and a very, very big, busy, successful business. And my first reaction was, what are you doing that for? You shouldn't be doing that. That's not the best use of your time. And they were kind of stunned that that was a suggestion. And I said, you just need to send that off to a bookkeeper. And they really hadn't even considered that as an option. So sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. It's like when people uh, get HR support from our consulting business um, or join People Powered HR and some of their reactions are, I didn't know this existed. I didn't know I could get help with HR without going to a lawyer. So it's just that you don't know that the help's out there sometimes. So think about all of those things and maybe you can identify why you're not really strong at this and it might help uncover or unlock some things for you. To wrap up today, I want to share with you some success strategies, some ways that you can effectively learn to let go without feeling like you're completely throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. Now, here's a couple of strategies that I've discovered even just recently and some that I've known of for a while. So I shared with you that I was on a call with my own 
uh, VA recently about delegating some things and about reshuffling some workflow. And here's what she shared with me that was working really well, actually with one of her other clients, systemization. If there is a system and a checklist and a process for something, she can take it on immediately. And I think the same applies for all of our team. If there is a system, if there is a process, if there is a checklist and easy to follow, it becomes so much simpler to delegate it. Now, I know you're listening to this and thinking, I don't have time to create a system or a checklist, Christy. What are you on about? Good news is you don't have to. If you're planning to delegate something, one of the first things you can do is say, have a meeting with the person and say, this is something I'm looking after right now, but it's something I'd love for you to look after. And say to them, I don't have a clear system for this. I've got my process. In the first few times we do this together, as I hand it over to you, we're going to create a system and a checklist and a process. And as you do this for the first time, can you create that checklist for me? And then we'll work on it and refine it together. Get them to do it as they're doing the task for the first time. It works brilliantly for a few reasons. One, you're not doing it, obviously. Secondly, they are coming at this new task or project or whatever it is, piece of work, with fresh eyes. They're going to see the bits of the steps, the parts of the puzzle that are second nature to you and that you're not even clocking in your brain as you do them. So they're going to come up with a much more thorough checklist and process for you than what you ever would have. They're going to see the bits that aren't working, aren't making sense that you haven't told them about because they're doing this for the first time. So get them to write the process. Now you can use any fancy system you like. There's lots of project management kind of systems. It can be Monday, Trello, your own CRM, or just a Google sheet. That simple. You don't have to overthink this. I also love to use Loom when I'm creating systems and processes like that. So a visual, a Loom recording can be really powerful as well. So systemize so that you can delegate effectively and get whoever you're delegating to to help you create the system and the checklist. The second powerful strategy that I've seen play out in the last week is to debrief with someone else. This is especially powerful if you are in that stage where you are so busy that you can't, you just can't see how to do it. Get someone else involved. And one of my clients did this recently. They knew they had a team member who was overwhelmed and had too much, but they couldn't see how to help them because they weren't, they didn't have their eyes across the work. So they said, Half an hour right now, we're nutting this all out. And they just brain dumped everything that had to happen and all the things that were on this person's plate. And because they were looking, again, fresh eyes, and again, they weren't in the weeds with them, they were able to extract it all out, get it down in some kind of format, and then they could say, right, I can take this, this person can take that, we can get support here. It became a whole lot easier to see how it was possible. So debrief with someone else. It could be your business mentor. It could be um, someone else on your team. It could even be your partner if you work with your partner, Um, but just someone else who's a little outside of how in the weeds you are. The third strategy I've got is to let go of little things first. If you're struggling to let go because you're a bit of a control freak, this is for you. Take something that is little, that is easy, that actually isn't that critical to you needing to do it because I guarantee you are doing things that you don't need to be doing and start with that. 
because it's like a muscle. You need to flex it. You need to continue to work it in order to build it. So start small. It will ease your anxiety about letting things go and you'll actually start to see the benefit. So little things first to flex that delegation muscle. And my final strategy, and this helps whether you're the control freak type or you just uh, feel a bit overwhelmed by it all, is to create a strategy for how you're going to check in and communicate with who you've delegated the tasks to so that you've got eyes on it so you know it's still getting done, so you don't feel like you've completely lost control altogether. This could be something like send me an email weekly on a Friday to update me on the process. This could be a little quick check-in meeting or a phone call. Um, It could be creating a system where you can see where they're at in the process, but create some way to communicate and check in so that you're not chasing them. They're coming to you with the updates and that you're then confident they've got it under control because you've got eyes on it without having to be the doer of the things. So the success strategies I've got for you are systemize to delegate, create checklists and processes, debrief with someone else to help them extract from you all the things that are going on, let go of little things first so you can get some practice in and create check-ins and communication strategies. So you've still got eyes on it, but you're not doing the do, so to speak. Hopefully those success strategies help you to start learning to let go of things. So to recap today, I really wanted to do a follow-on from last week's episode because it's all well and good that we understand we shouldn't have too many people reporting to us, but learning how to make that change, I understand, is quite a different beast altogether. We have to learn to let go in order to grow our business, to develop our team members, and to save our own sanity. But it's not our natural instinct, often as entrepreneurs and business owners and even leaders, where certain types of personalities generally, and letting go is just not in our nature. So it is something we have to acknowledge that we need to do a bit of work on. And I've shared with you some success strategies that hopefully you can take away and start to use as you learn to let go. I'm hoping that's been beneficial for you and and been a great conversation. But if you'd like to continue the conversation or ask some questions, I'd love you to join us in our free Facebook group, HR Support for Australian Businesses. If you head on over to Facebook groups and search that, you will find it. Or simply click on the link in today's show notes, which is available wherever you're listening to this episode of the podcast, and you can request to join there. And I would love to welcome you over to the Facebook group. That's a wrap for me for this week. Thanks so much for joining me here on the podcast. And I'll be back again next week with a brand new episode. Have an awesome week.